Welcome to the Remarkability Institute podcast, turning the art of communication into the science of remarkable results. BART is committed to giving 1 million people their voice. BART is committed to giving you your voice. It's time for you to stand up, step out, and speak up. With more than 30 years experience helping people develop their communication skills, build their confidence, and find their voice, here's your host, Bart Queen. Welcome to the Remarkability Institute. This is Bart Queen, your host today. And today I have two guests on that I am especially honored to spend some time with. The first guest is Jeff, a longtime friend who he and I have shared many experiences together, and I can't wait for him to share a little bit how we met. And another young lady by the name of Yogi, that the only way you can describe her is effervescent, bubbly, over-the-top, and enthusiastic. What most people don't know about Yogi, or she's a little shy to share, is that she's this amazing artist. She paints, she makes jewelry, she does performing arts. If you look at an article that was written about her, someone called her the boss. (laughs) And I think that's an absolute perfect description of this young lady. She also mentioned that every human ought to grow something. And I can't agree with you more, Yogi, on that very simple idea. So guys, as I think about Jeff and Yogi, there are one key word really comes to mind for both of them, and that is integrity. And if you look up the definition of integrity, it says that people do the right thing even when no one is looking. I think that's a perfect description of both Jeff and Yogi from my experience. I truly believe today is going to be an inspiration for those of you listening, and you're going to begin to see how you can take some of these communication principles, implement them, and then see the power that it brings to the table. So what I'd like you to do today during our short time together is sit back, relax, and listen to these two amazing people. What I think you're going to find is you can walk away with some insight that you can make an application to. You're going to get a sense of how awesome these two people are. And most importantly, they will touch your heart just as much as they have touched mine. Jeff, Yogi, welcome. What a privilege to have you this morning. Thank you, Bart. Thank you, Bart. Privilege to be here. It is, it is so nice to see both of you. You as well. Absolutely. It's been too long. It has been. I think we saw each other. What was it? February, Yogi? Yeah. Late January, February. Uh, The last time I saw Jeff as well. So I'm anxious to get back to Alabama and see you both. I'm anxious to get our class back together as soon as we can organize ourselves and, and you feel like, Yogi, I am prepared and ready to come back. I think you. I think you're right. You're almost there. Okay. Yo, Yogi, you do more work. Is that where you're going with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Yogi keeps me on, on my game. So Jeff, <laughs> let me start with you a little bit this morning. 
If you would be kind enough, Jeff, share a little bit about how we met, the reasons why we met, and a little bit about where that experience has taken you now. <laughs> it all starts because I have no sense of direction, literally. And that's true throughout my entire life. But somehow God uses me getting lost to, to make things happen. And there was a day that my son wanted to go bowling. I have three kids. So the middle one was wearing me out that I always spent more time with his younger brother, his older sister. He's pretty good on the guilt thing. So he was nine years old at the time. Now he's 18. So about nine years ago, I was going down the road and I was like, I need to find a shortcut because <coughs> I'm stuck in traffic in this little Alabama town. So I take this shortcut. And when I realized that I screwed up once again on directions, I thought about turning around. But as soon as I did, I saw cars stop on the road right in front of me. And nobody ever stops on this road. So it made me wonder what was going on. And I'd, I'd, I saw people start to scramble out of their cars towards this drainage ditch. And I looked up and it was right underneath an overpass of I-65. I didn't really know what was going on until I uh, could see past the people. And I saw an old man lying half in the ditch and half in the grass. And uh, to me, I thought, a suicide may have just happened, but it was totally different than what I had expected. I'd gone and told my family about it. And it was only later that I discovered about a week later that the high school kids, the local high school were made, raising money for this kid named Josh. Josh was uh, a senior in high school. He had silver palsy. And as he was crossing the street or as his grandfather was crossing the street to get Josh off the bus, his grandfather was hit and killed by a car. I don't know how I ended up at that accident, but I did. What's interesting is I didn't want to be there. So I turned around. I went the other way because there was nothing I could do to help. And that's how this whole thing started. So I felt a burden that first off, I got my butt kicked at bowling. I already knew I would. So not only was I burdened with that, but I was burdened by the fact that I left and didn't do anything because I really didn't feel like taken off on something like that was within my nature. So I needed to do something to make that right. It's really weird to align with the new job I just started. And it just so turns out that one of the guys who worked there, his wife happened to know the family or something like that. So we went over to the house. I took a bunch of guys cause there's nothing I could do to fix anything. The house is falling apart. And uh, we went, to drink beer and eat chicken wings afterwards. And these guys are talking about what they could do. And, you know, something struck me and I, maybe Sarah Palin's best thing is lipstick on a pig. That's what it felt like to me that there was nothing we could really do to fix that house because it was so damaged this core that whatever we would attempt would be lipstick on a pig. So I don't know how many beers I had that night or if it was the chicken wings talking, but I'm like, guys, I don't know. We're just going to build this kid a house and that's it. And that's how this whole thing started. So no idea how we were going to do that. No idea. Uh, it, it was just one of those things where you say something and uh, you just believe it and it works out. And that's really how this whole thing started. And we got down the road and I wanted to circle back with those kids and tell them what they had started and that we were willing to finish in the community. So we really did build Josh a, a house from scratch. It was like, Extreme Makeover Home Edition, what, what made it even better is we found a builder in a wheelchair that was going to help us build the house for Josh. 
And we didn't know how to loop that story back around. I had saw a lot of people, but one day I was out of town and I saw one of my colleagues at a restaurant and they mentioned you, Bart. And that's how this whole thing started. And you know what? I made one phone call and you came with a camera crew and you recorded the story and helped me tell it in a way that I couldn't tell it. And from there, it's been awesome. Like you've taught me things. You've been by my side. You've done all these. There's, I don't even know how to explain it. There's, there's all these layers that are pretty amazing. So that's it, Bart. Jeff, that was an amazing beginning to what was going to be for me, this lifetime friendship with you. That story, I still tell that story in class about you and Josh and how you built him and his family this amazing house. So tell us now from that experience where you're at today and how we formulated this idea of meeting Yogi and bringing that group together. Okay. First off, remember I just told you I can't paint. So there's no way I built the house. I just make promises. And so there's this guy upstairs that kind of makes those other things happen. So I'm pretty good about making promises. And that's what I did with you saying, Hey, you know what? I've got this guy who knows how to help people tell stories. So I made a promise for you and you came and fulfilled it. That's about what it is today. Today, it's interesting. I felt God's call in some ways that are hard to explain to eventually end up becoming a member and serving the African Methodist Episcopal Church in downtown Birmingham. And if you're not looking at the video and just listening to this, you could see that I'm a white guy. So I'm a, a white guy called to serve the AME Church on the Civil Rights Trail in Birmingham. It was God working through my life on a lot of different levels and through a lot of different people that eventually got me there. Now, I'm not going to seek ordination. I'm not going to seek a pastoral role because there's just too many power dynamics in a, a place of historic oppression for me to do that. So I'm called to serve and really just be present and nothing more. But I would continually hear these stories of these women that were so powerful that they just blew me out of the water. And I knew what you could do and what you taught me. And I didn't see any reason why they shouldn't be telling their stories in a keynote format so that they could, so that that story could be heard over and over again. I just heard so many of those and it made me want to have you just give those, especially with some of the stories and what had happened with these women, what they overcame, just giving those stories a voice and a boldness that may not have happened any other way. Well, and Jeff, so we that, asked you to come here, yeah. Jeff, that was why it was really a no-brainer for me to, when you called me to come all the way down to Birmingham and bring those folks, because I had been committed to the power of story and the power when people express their stories and their experiences and share them so that other people can learn from that experience, as I learned from your experience with Josh. And as I learned from the, these amazing women in Birmingham that you pulled together as we got to spend three days with them. So I think this is a, a perfect opportunity now to bring Yogi in. Yogi, you were one of the participants that had the privilege of having to look at my ugly mug for three solid days, of which today, guys, when I kicked off and I said good morning to Yogi, she said, wow, Yogi. She goes, Bart, you look so much better than the last time I saw you. I'm like, oh, my God. Gosh, did I look that bad when I saw her? So you have to just get a sense of this woman and her wonderful personality. 
So Yogi, <laughs> share a little bit with us, two things. One, why did you want to participate in the three days that we spent together? And then share what you feel like are some of the key insights that you walked away with as a result of it. Okay. Of course, my brother, Jeff, I had shared some of my life stories with him over time. We do attend the same church and we both have that same heart for servitude. So I think we're actually in a feed my sheep event, feeding the community, pulling me to the side. Hey sister, come here for a second. Yogi, I got, I think you really need to take advantage of this opportunity to tell your story and learn how to be a keynote speaker. So you can take your story on a, uh, a larger platform and really be uh, effective in a whole new way. I was, it was a little nerve wracking, even though I do things publicly as a performer, I was still like, ah, okay, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and, and I trust my brother. He, Jeff is just a jewel. He may not toot his own horn, but I will toot it for him today. He has just been such a blessing to my life. I appreciate it. And he told me you'd be in this class with several other women and just learning to tell your story. And I have gone through a lot of struggles in my life and I just have not really shared them. Because sometimes when you're walking through um, hellish situations in life, you're really in strictly survival mode. It's not until you look back and get an opportunity to really voice it that you're like, wow, okay, I have something that might inspire and uplift others. So my goal was to just learn how to tell my story with courage and be effective in telling that story. And I did have a tremendous challenge. I don't know if you remember, my knee was injured in January. So the first day of class, I was just like, I can't make it. I just couldn't. I was just crying. I was like, dang it, I just can't make it. And my brother Jeff would not, I was the fish on the hook. He would not let me go. He was like, I will come get you. We got pillows. We got ice. We will make it work. So I was like an hour late, two hours late the first day, but you were so gracious, Bart. And you made me feel so warm and welcome. And the atmosphere was so easy to learn in, but there was so much I took away. And I taught public speaking. I thought I knew what I was doing. Mm -mm, it's totally different. You taught telling the story with heart and with the audience in mind, more so than me telling my story, what can they take away? So the simplicity of the story, learning how to break it down and just looking at your time element, but more so than anything, I really think it was touching the hearts of the people that I'd rather you take away one piece of my story in your heart than hear a whole bunch of pieces that just fell on deaf ears. It's so important that as we think about sharing our lives, that we let our whole life speak and that's our words and our actions. And I think as I look both at you and Jeff, I see that your whole life speaks, not just your words or not just your actions, but those two things coming together. And that's what allows us to touch other people's hearts. Now, you mentioned something, Yogi, that over this time with COVID that we're really seeing is people becoming a little bit more human and a little bit more real because we don't have these human connections anymore. We can't even shake hands or give hugs sometimes and have that human kind of touch. So many people are finding that through the sharing of their stories and the touching of a heart to a heart by doing that. If you can share a little bit with this about the challenge you, one, or a couple of the challenges you faced, 
how you overcame them, and then the lesson that you could share with our listeners that they could apply to their lives if they're on a similar path or a similar challenge that you had. And then, Jeff, I'm going to come to you and have you do the same for me, sir. As you introduced me, I'm an artist, so I'm a full-time artist, business owner. Primarily, I work through my website and through art shows and pop-up shops. And, of course, with COVID, that stopped, and there was such an influx of interest into the business that you would think it was good. Sales are always good, but the interviews, emails, everything just really ramped up digitally. And I'm operating as a solopreneur right now. And it was overwhelming. It was too much. Social media just ramped up. Everybody's coming through your inbox, text messages. So this digital tsunami that incurred after this or during the quarantine was absolutely overwhelming and I had to arrest quiet time. There is nothing in life as we know it today that will naturally create a space to say, hey, get quiet. You have to demand it and take it. One thing I did, I just really ramped up my my patio, my back patio. I just prayed. I was like, God, I just need a serene place to go where I can just meditate, pray, sing, cry. And I got my back patio together. I got me a beautiful red table, a couple of chairs, some plants. I started a garden and I would go outside early in the morning and journal, just get quiet, journal, cry, whatever. And that's given me solitude and peace in the midst. And as I would sit there in my quietness, I would look at, I have a couple of cats and They're outside and they're playing and rolling in the ground. And I would just hear God say, you know what? They're not worried. They're still being fed. They're still doing what they were naturally created to do. And so I still hold on to my faith and my purpose in this life. And I did start a garden this year. My mother was a a master gardener and she passed in 2009. And when she was alive, I hated it. I moved here from New York and I was like, mom, I like concrete and exhaust and tall buildings. I don't care for flies and bugs and all that. And so I know she's probably in heaven smiling, but I picked up gardening uh, just because I wanted to have fresh produce, but the experience of it is such a natural component of being human. I think we've been disconnected from understanding what it means to till the earth and to have long suffering and patience and to give each flower, its, each plant, what it needs specifically. And through that, I began to see my humanity come through with how I treated people. And I'll just give you this one short testimony. I have um, some tomato plants and I had one that had just, it, did not, it would not grow, it had withered down to just a brown stick. It was just a brown stick sticking out of the ground. I assumed it was dead and I was going to pull it up. And I heard God say in a whisper, give it a chance. I said, okay. And today that chance stands about five feet tall, full of tomatoes. And we will do people like we do plants. We'll do people like we do animals. We'll do people like we do any challenge in our lives. So it's like God was saying, look, I know sometimes people may not 
be or operate like we think they ought to. Maybe they are uh, on the cusp of doing things we don't agree with, but through love and nurturing and time, they will bloom and patience. So I was a stick in the mud (laughs) and I needed somebody to be patient with me to bloom in my glory and to bring forth my fruit. So that's a life lesson for those who may not even be a master gardener. I just say, get a little plant, get a a rosemary bush. They're hard to kill. (laughs) Just get something that you can watch bloom and that needs your love and attention every day. Yogi, you make this correlation to people. And if there's anything that I... I've learned and seen over and over again in my years of coaching and helping folks is if you look at someone and see their potential, Mm. not the problem, not the issue, but the potential that resides deep inside of them. And you can encourage that to use your words to grow, to come out, to feel like they have value and help them understand that their voice matters to someone, to someone. It may not change the world. It may change the neighbor down the street or the guy at the grocery store or the woman in the beauty shop or somebody at their church or their club or their school. But their voice will make a difference if we have the courage to share it. Absolutely. But most of us feel like we don't have the courage to share it and that our voice is of no value. And this is so one of the many things I've learned from Jeff, because Jeff has this sense of Gideon courage in my mind. He's willing to take on all the army. And remember, God said to him, oh, no, you don't need that many people. And he kept reducing it and reducing it. That's Jeff, this mighty warrior and how he stands up and fights for others. Even though we don't carry a title and even though we don't carry this official thing, God's put us in a place where we have to do something. We don't have a choice. And if we don't do it, nobody else will. So if not me, then who? is the thing about it. And I think that's the important thing. And part of what Yogi was talking about, what you're talking about is God allows us to work with people out of our brokenness. It's our brokenness that actually allows us to connect. It's how much our life has sucked that allows us to really connect with people. It's our hurt that that's one thing that I really have appreciated about being in the black church is that there is a realness and a sense of, Hey, you want this hurt and that sharing that doesn't really exist in the same way in the white church. Like an example I give, and it's true on the being in a family. Uh, if you fight in the car on the way to a, the church and you go to a white church and they ask you how you're doing, you're like, Oh, everything's great. But you go to a black church and you've been fighting on the way. Oh, they'll tell you, you know what? And if he didn't calm down, he'll know what's going to happen. And everybody in the church will know too. So there's a level of truth that I appreciate that's right there that is so different. So that realness and that truth that's there and that just that being of who you are is so much different and better. And one of the things that uh, you'll find when you, if you attend a black church for a little bit, is that they thank God for waking them up. What does that mean? God, thank you for waking me up this morning. And the second thing you'll hear is, Hey, I could take 50 alarm clocks to the cemetery. All of them could go off at the same time. And that's not going to wake anybody dead up. So you know that it's God at work. 
So the fundamental pieces that we miss in our daily lives, that thankfulness comes out. The fact that I've been allowed to be part of the AME church and just to see things that I wouldn't have been able to see in any other way and be able to, God's allowed me to use my brokenness to connect with other people. As much as it was hard my entire life, I don't think I would have changed anything now. What you just shared, Jeff, is what I call relevant vulnerability. It's being able to share those things at a relevant time. It's our weaknesses. It's our challenges. It's the things that we overcome are really what are most inspirational people. It's not our successes. It's when we share where it really hurt and someone says, I am just like you. I've been through that experience. I know what you're talking about. That's when our hearts speak to each other. And that's when we have an opportunity to really get out and make a difference as we share those stories with people in our immediate circle, our community, or we share in our world. If we don't have the ability then to articulate that in some form or another, and the confidence to share, that's when the world really misses out on the voice that you really bring to the table. I think both of you have shared the importance of our words being seasoned with salt. I think both of you have shared this idea that our words are containers and they hold things. They either build people up or they tear people down. So guys, if you were going to offer out of our experience, Yogi, in your three days together, if there was a communication lesson that you would offer, what would that be to other entrepreneurs, other women in inspiring them to have their voice? Oh, it was so much. It was such a, a blessed, enriching time in my life, those three days um, with you, with Jeff and the other women. But I guess as, a, as an artist, an entrepreneur, a former, again, I have to go back to simplicity and really humility of knowing what it is you want to say and why you're saying it. And that creates the path for it to be effective. Sometimes we think we're, we're standing in front of people to share information, but are we really trying to make sure they leave with something or are we just trying to verbally throw up on people? And even as an artist, I'm always sharing with some of the people I mentor, like what is the purpose in what you're doing as an artist? And how are people receiving? If I'm trying to give you crackers, and they're the best crackers on the planet, but you need water, then we're already at a disconnect. And so making sure you understand your audience, what it is they need, who am I talking to, and how do I give it to them in a way that they can really take it home. And one thing I've done since COVID, I started doing uh, more lives on Facebook. Wasn't really... Mm, I wouldn't say that was the place I really wanted to go. I'm not necessarily comfortable doing the lives, but I really found it was bigger than me. I would have clients who enjoy my artwork, but it was me that they cherished. Mm. The person, the artist, the totality of myself. I took it upon myself to just start doing more live videos, not even necessarily about my artwork, but just singing an encouraging song, telling people, hey, what are you thankful for today? I'm so glad. And to just to go to Jeff's point, even in the I mean, church, I would hear people all the time say, I'm so glad God woke me up in my right mind this morning. 
and I never understood it because again I was raised up north I never heard those types of sayings but when I started really reflecting on what historically black people have gone through in the south and the type of horrific things that happened during slavery you just might lose your mind so having your right mind in the morning was such a, it's a blessing. So again, just knowing who you're talking to and what it is you want to say and what do you want to leave them with. And that's the power of really sharing. Communicating a thought or an idea in a clear and concise manner is a skill that takes time and practice to develop. The challenge is, how do you prepare your thoughts and messages to engage your audience? The question becomes, how do you deliver a message that gets your audience to listen and take action? Let us help you prepare your message, gain confidence, and practice your message along the way to a powerful presentation that gets your point across and drives your audience to want to know more. Reach out to us at BartQueen.com. You hit on three key points there, Yogi. One, understanding who your listeners are. We always talk about that, know your listener, know your listener, know your listener, but very few people will take the time to do what little bit of research or study needs to be done to do that. And then people think volume of information is what's more correct when simplicity of the message is what's critical. What is that one single message that today I would like to drive? What is that one single message that my life is about? And that's why I'm always encouraging individuals to be able to tell their personal core story and their company core story as they're interacting with their clients and their customers. And then being able to know what the result is. What do you want them to think? What do you want them to feel? And what do you want them to do when it's all said and done? But most of the time, we don't think about that. To use your words, we show up and throw up and hope for the best, which isn't the best strategy when it comes to the way we communicate. Yeah. And Jeff, what about you, sir? Out of th this time from Josh to where you're at now, what would be that communication lesson that you would share with our listeners today that would help them sharpen their saw and make a difference out there in their own lives? Your story will change over time. And it's not a static thing. And your butt, you get your butt kicked. And I think that being willing to be vulnerable and share is what what the biggest thing is for me being but knowing when the right time to share is and god will use you and develop your story over time and it'll become greater and greater as you go along in fact bart i think that's true about your story as well so from the time i met you to the time it is today that exact same thing has happened to you oh now you're going to be quiet no, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for your life lesson. <laughs> no, that was it. You're getting ready to tell it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have shared on some of the other previous podcasts, Jeff, a little bit about my story. And I so appreciate you bringing this up because it's been difficult for me to share my story. And it's also been one of those things where I learned from other people. And you have been such an asset to me and helping me have the confidence to believe in myself and share my story. Brother, I can't. Well, it's, your, it's losing your voice, the voice part. Like you had, you lost your voice to gain it is where I'm going with this whole thing. So just from the time I met you 
that you were giving everybody else their voice, you lost yours and you gained it again with God giving you something else. That's the part that I think would be very interesting for you to tell in like two minutes. What Jeff is referring to guys is my cancer experience. If you've listened to a couple other of my podcasts, I may have briefly shared that, but that experience of completely losing my voice being a guy who speaks for a living to come down with four-stage throat cancer was a pretty scary experience. And as a result of coming out of all that, I added as one more goal to my life, and that was to fear nothing and serve everyone. And that principle is what led me to Yogi and being able to meet these other amazing women. That principle is what allowed me to reconnect with Jeff and have us continue as brothers reach out to different situations that are coming in front of us. It's the challenges that we overcome in our obstacles that give us our strength to inspire others. And guys, you have definitely inspired me this morning. Yogi, you have definitely sent me back to, I don't know, maybe I need to do a makeover now with this idea no, that I look, no, that I look no. better. No, let me tell you, you look so exquisite before. I did not know there was any room for improvement. That's what I was saying. I was like, oh my God, he's even more glorious. Oh my gosh, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, she's backstepping right now. That's what my friend Yogi's doing. <laughs> and I'm still holding you to our date. You had a date. Oh, you were going to take me to Paris or something in class. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take you anywhere you want to go, Yogi. Anywhere you want to go. Guys, I can't thank you enough for your time this morning. I know, Yogi, you hadn't had your coffee. Jeff, I sure appreciate you taking some moment out of your work schedule to join us. Guys, we have really focused on, in on today on the power of your personal story and what that in combination with being able to tell that story, what that can make a difference in the world. What I would ask you to do, guys, as you wrap this time, as you think about what Jeff and Yogi shared, that you think about articulating your story, that you think about sharing that story in its relevance when it becomes appropriate, and that you allow God to work through your story in ways that you have never, ever experienced before. There was something I read this morning that said this, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you'll never stand for anything. So guys, I ask you today as we leave our podcast to stand firm in your faith and stand firm in the fact that you bring a gift to the table that only you can give. You have the potential, you have the power, and the world is just waiting for your voice. This is the Remarkability Institute. This is Bart Queen. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Remarkability Institute with Bart Queen. Make your voice count today. Stand up, step out, and speak up. Your voice counts. Visit BartQueen.com for show notes and other resources to help you turn the art of communications into the science of remarkable results.